Hey everybody, this is Mel and Brooke from Mom's Art 2. Okay, before we start the episode, stop listening right now and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to watch us make a fool of ourselves, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Mom's Art 2 and get video episodes each week. All right, on to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We are just two moms in search of inspiration while creating questionable comedy. Mom's Art 2. <laughs> Silly. What? Ha ha ha. Silly. What? Are you ready? <laughs> are we recording? <laughs> Mel, we are back. Yes, we're recording. Bitches and we're back. Bitches. And I'm on my get- second cup of large coffee. A little coffee to walk over. Yes, everybody needs to watch out. Right, can we just talk about what a crazy week we had? What? Well, actually, before we get to that, <laughs> on this episode, Again. Tyler yeah. Townsend's on. Okay, he's yeah. he, he's amazing. He's uh, he was on yeah. ep- the previous episode. So if you didn't catch him, this is part two. If you want to hear part one, yeah. uh, to kind of give you a lead in as to uh, his incredible journey into production, but he started out as an actor. That's what we get into last episode. But this one, um, he really dives in and talks about um, how he moved from actor to uh, producer, DP, which is director of photography. Um, and yeah, yeah, he does a lot of stuff, though. That, he's right? like a man. Jesus. He's the, the man of all trades. <laughs> he talks about how many things he's done and in production and stuff and the, how he got there and how he transitioned and traveled all over the world and like. It's it's really incredible. It's cool how you follow somebody's like thread all the way through like that. Because he has a cool, he has really cool stories. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite things about this show, though, outside of just hanging out with you, is that we talk to people and really see how yeah. they get to where they are. I just find that stuff so interesting. How you know you start one way and yeah. you end up totally different. Sometimes, not always, it but is. it's encouraging for people to feel like you no. don't have to be trapped. In yeah, follow the thread, like but also thing, the evolution right? of who you are and all that. And But I think it's fun because when we do have a guest on, they also forgot some of these stories and it reminds them like, oh my God, I did this. Oh my God, I did <laughs> this. I can't believe I came out of that alive or like, you know, whatever. I think that's so cool. Uh, came out of it alive. It. Speaking of which, I love it. Uh, we have had quite Ooh. the last week. Uh, Brooklyn, you have survived a hurricane, chance of tornadoes, and an earthquake in a day. Fucking what is going on? And you're in yeah, California. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. this is happening. <laughs> yeah. How did you? How did you go to South Carolina mm-hmm. to escape a tropical storm hurricane? Which is so funny because uh, Uncle Cam, when him and his husband came out, they came to California and were escaping the wildfires yeah. and smoke that were happening in June. You know, in Canada, and it was like wafting down. So it's like, yeah, how? What? It are, like, it's all crazy. opposite world right now. Yeah, we did. We had tropical storm, uh, you know, from the Hurricane Hillary. Luckily, by the time it hit California, it had downgraded tremendously. And so the winds were not what we expected. And I'm up in the mountains, the San Gabriel Mountains. So we were anticipating 
a lot of wind because we do get that uh, and we get it a, a lot heavier than anywhere else. But it was just yeah. nonstop How was your pool? For over 24 hours. Did your pool I mean, overflow? I mean, it was still raining this morning. Oh, it's oh, okay. it is almost. Oh, like I, that's actually what we were concerned about it out yes. this window right here in my office <gasps> is the pool. Up. I'm kind of like in a lower level. My house is like a tri-level. So we even put sandbags over yeah. there. So in case it did overflow, that it wouldn't just pour down into this bottom patio. But um, it's actually, we're, do, we're good. I, I haven't left my house. I don't know what the yeah, city right? of Pasadena looks like. <laughs> but I know flowing. the river is Finally. Uh, a flowing. Flowing full of like <laughs> cars and plastic and people. Probably needles and yeah. diseases and it's funny because they had people down there, like the news were interviewing folks yeah. that came to the LA River to check it out. And one guy had like flip flops on and the the newscaster was like, I mean, you're awfully close to this water. Yeah. I'm going to touch he a said shot that here. you leave here. That's <laughs> true. Yes. It's true though. Oh my God. Yeah. My neighbors wrote to me and they were like, oh, we're going over to check your pool. So we have no idea. We don't have cameras there anymore or anything. So I was like, I yeah. have no idea if my pool overflowed. Did they tell you? You don't know. They were like, we're going to go check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they I'm hoping they would have written me. Yeah. Or they, they just don't want to say it. anything because they're like, ah. You survived this week. Yeah. You traveled cross country in a Winnebago with two children, two dogs, two guinea pigs. And every an incredible day. husband driving. He drove every the insanity. day. Oh, and like you also survived it like was over awesome. a dozen Walmarts. And I will tell you, throughout so Oklahoma, obviously Texas. Kingman <laughs> is Kingman, right? Um, which I forgot to tell you, I shot Kingman. I don't know Kingman, what that Arizona means. is like a specific I don't type know. of person. Everyone in there was not t- fully toothed, we will say. Had, there was a lot of black eyes oh, oh, oh. everywhere. And I thought, I don't know if everyone's falling into the wall. I don't know. Uh, it was it was something to behold. Um, Maybe there's a, a um, hockey, like, fascination Maybe. in the desert. Maybe. Or a cereal Maybe puncher. Maybe there's a cereal puncher that no one has control over. Uh, so Kingman was very interesting. I shot a commercial in Kingman, actually. And what's funny is the guy who was part of the uh, advertising, the agency or the whatever, a client, he ended up being in Arkansas. And then he saw that I was going to Arkansas on the RV trip and he saw the picture of our RV thing. And he was like, I'm like 15 minutes away from you. And so he came over the next morning. I haven't seen him since like, I don't know, 2004. He came over the next morning with donuts and we like hugged and it was like, I can't believe I'm getting to see you. And it was really great. It was like, I'm traveling into Arkansas and I see the guy who lived in Columbia where I shot the second commercial for the same company, but we shot the first one and met in Kingman. Lots of things. Yeah. Uh, crazy. The RV trip was great. The That's first two days crazy. super sucked. Uh we just had to kind of get used to it and stuff, and it just was an adventure. I think we tried to appreciate every moment of it, but it was it was hard. It was it was hard. Um, and then yeah, what did you need to do? What tips would you give to folks okay. who buy an uh, RV? Get the bigger ones. 
just spend the extra 20 grand and get the huge ones because we got a 26 footer Winnebago that it doesn't have the, like, it just, it is rickety. And when your tr big truck goes by you, the weight of it isn't as heavy. So you, your, your back end sways and it's scary. But if you buy the bigger ones, oh. you're heavier on the ground. And then they have the air, um, shock things. So you're not like, I mean, it was rickety in there. So that was the only thing. And it's an actual Winnebago. So it's a beautiful piece of machinery. However, just get the bigger one. And then the other thing is make sure you figure out whether your dog is going to take Benadryl or Dramamine because it took us the first couple of days to figure out which one worked for which dog. And then we finally on day three or four got the, okay, this is how much, this is what makes them shut the fuck up. Like, let's just, it was hard. <laughs> So it was good. It was good. Uh, and then every campsite was fantastic. We went to the COA campsites, the KOAs, and they were amazing. Uh, and then one was like fully mm -hmm. in the woods and it was like, you know, super, super duper woods. Um, it was, it was awesome, but I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're in, you know, it's, it's really nice weather right now. The kids are trying to get it. We got them into school today and all that. So it's exciting. Oh, that's great. I've landed yes, and so I'm out landed. of a Winnebago. I do not have Winnebago legs any longer. That's great. Well, I think cross country like that, yes, probably uh, feeling more rickety than if you just decide to take that, I don't know, like two hours outside yes, of South Carolina. Yes, I agree. And we won't have the dogs you know with us mean? most likely. I mean, they did okay at the end, but I mean, honestly, yeah, a couple of hours up to like, you know, Asheville to go camping in the mountains or because it snows up in Asheville and stuff that we were like, okay, well, we can do that. That's easy. So yeah, we still like the RV. We're going to keep it. We were debating yeah. the first two days. We were like, we're getting rid of this fucking thing. And now we're okay. <laughs> That's oh. how I felt about the Tesla. The, when yes. the Tesla Model X we had, which was so great if it's just you in the front yeah. seat and you're driving around town, but we took it to San Diego and my kid yeah. was in the back. My youngest was in the back of the it's third like row because the X has the bucket seats yeah. in the back. Kind of, yeah. But then the back row has, a, yeah. uh, you know, it has a third row. But it's still small, but it is like, uh, yeah. it is... My kid was sick in Ugh. the backseat, just in a four-hour drive because the traffic was horrible to San Diego. Uh, yeah, he was sick, and it was. We were trying to decide if we were going to get keep it or get this the, the the other car that we were we had on pre-order. Nope. And we finished get that trip, and I was like, my house. "Sell it." We got out of the car in San Diego, and I was like, <laughs> "I don't want this car anymore." Because I sat yeah. in the back with him because he was getting oh, sick. You know what, though? That's really so, – yeah. it's good that you know that because Just I've actually you know. shared that twice that that happened to you because I had two friends that were like, I think we're going to get the X, the, the, the Tesla thing. And I was like, please try it because Brooke was very – it was hard on the family with the, whoever's in the way back cannot get car sick if they cannot, you know, because that was stopped us too. Yeah. yeah. Especially on long drives. Yeah. Cause it just, there's no, it's, it's literally like metal on a computer. There's the, it, there's no, yeah. it's not like comfort. Uh, and yeah, if you're just piddling through the city and it's just you and yeah. you're doing quick pickups or whatever, but um, even the way that the glass on the windshield oh. comes all the way up and there's no, yeah. like, it goes yeah, all yeah, the yeah. way up and above you. Right. Um, it get mixed like my oldest every time he was in the passenger seat he was like oh my god I feel sick this podcast <laughs> is so informative yeah, we're saving people hundreds of thousands of dollars it's what we do it's what hundreds we do sorry thousands. Elon <laughs> <laughs> it's over are you ready for the show let's do it 
I think so. Let's do it. <laughs> it's time for our industry insider. What? So you graduate? Yes. Oh wow. Sorry. Yeah. No, that that's a, okay. I love all the stories. a long time to get back no, there. But so you graduate and I you graduate use... with a broken knee and two upcoming surgeries and, and, <laughs> and a, a pregnant friend and a year of physical <laughs> right? therapy. So we actually went on and did um, the uh, not Pasadena Playhouse. It, oh, oh, Beverly uh, Hills Playhouse, Beverly Hills Playhouse. Uh, together. Yeah. And I was I would like go to physical therapy and then go to the Playhouse and like and do that sort of thing. And um, at the time, I just got the opportunity to start working in production like PA I got a job offer to PA and I sort of had to make this choice of like have more time yeah like you know be a waiter or you know any of those those normal cliches and have more time to audition and and spend you know pursuing acting or start working in the the film industry um immediately and so for me my passion has always been that and I'd been a waiter and worked at Best Buy and those types of things and I was like ah fuck that I don't that's not for me yeah um, so I took the PA job and was like, oh yeah, I'll be able to like, I can do this and still be an actor. And like what happens very quickly is if you work in production, it's 15 it, hours. Yeah, yeah. Six days a week, yeah. especially back then. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So there was not no time to pursue. And you're not allowed to really have stuff. auditions. You're not allowed to tell your production team like, yeah. oh, I have an audition tomorrow. They're like, no, no, yeah. no, no, you're in production. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So if you want to go anyway. full force and acting out here, you have to. You have to get a job like that allows it. you to audition, which most of them, even even serving jobs, frankly, you have to just make sure you're working with a really good staff that will cover shifts and everybody's in it together and right. da, 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 yeah. otherwise you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I ended up working as a PA on a couple different gigs and, um, and things like that. And then ironically got um uh, just a random weird opportunity to be a location manager for uh, for Margaret Cho the yeah. um, oh, yeah. c- comedian's new VH1 TV show and it was like a big opportunity for me and a big paycheck increase so I was like no way I was saying yeah. no to that and the summer before um I had started uh, college with Brooke I had worked on a feature film and I was like the shadow of the director. I wasn't the first assistant director or even the second. I was literally the director's assistant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So it was yeah. almost more like a personal assistant type thing. Yeah. But she was from New York and she didn't drive and was like terrified to drive. I don't even think she had a driver's license. And um, and so like basically I had a nice car at the time. And so I would pick her up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. every single day when it was like still dark out yeah. and get breakfast with her and coffee and like go to set or whatever meeting pre-production and basically be with her yeah all the whole time That's a lot of information you're getting there. yeah it That's was awesome and there was a lot of weird um uh cameos in that like yeah. i met like all these incredible like no big huge a-list actors but i got to meet david carradine and sam pancake and daphne zuniga yeah who was uh princess leia in yeah, space yeah, balls yeah. and like so all these incredible people uh joanna garcia who was on the reba mcintyre show at the time and like all these people and get to be a part of the process that you wouldn't get to be even as a PA or even as an AD. Um, So that was really incredible. And I have no idea why. Oh, I was talking about that. Yeah, you're you're leaping Uh, to production from acting. Right. So I had already seen that a lot and been visited film sets like Titanic and things like that. So I think those things led up to me advancing very quickly in production. And oh, the the um, the feature film that I worked on the not only was the director 
So the way I got onto that feature film was my grandfather that we've already covered, the yeah. magician yeah. who would yeah. leave me alone in Vegas. One of his crazy neighbors in Malibu was, um, it might actually be better to leave her nameless. Okay, okay, um, okay. So she didn't drive either and was very crazy and eccentric, older lady actress at the time. And um, so my the when one of her very first days of filming, I think her very first day of filming, we I had taken the director to set already, which was like in like southeast LA, like in some, yeah. you know, at some practical location in this crazy neighborhood. And this is pre, not even pre smartphones and, and GPS. Like this was pre MapQuest. Right. So this oh. was Thomas Triptic. Guide. I have the like Thomas Guide. Yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah. Guide, no internet directions at all. And uh, and you so only I forgot know that about you've gotten into a bad neighborhood in LA back then when you when your Vons turned into John. <laughs> then you're like, <laughs> yeah, mm, really? I, I need to turn back around. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, honey. But um. So I, you know, I always had to like plan everything out and know my route in the Thomas Guide, and I would like ear, yeah. ear, like know the pages, and so I, I knew, um, because I'd already taken the director there, and uh, this star, uh, was lived not that far from where I picked up yeah. the director, and so we got to set, and I didn't even know I was doing this, and she goes, oh, one of the main things I need you to do today is you need to go pick up your friend because she knows you through your grandpa and stuff that's how i had gotten on the movie you need to go pick her up and bring her to set and she has to be here at a certain time yeah um and so i was like oh, okay cool and so i like figure out where she lives i go to get her and i was like all right great i already know my route because yeah. it's basically the same thing so i'm driving down sunset boulevard and i know i need to get on the 101 southbound yeah and as i I'm, it's like a, a steep downhill ramp yeah. and I like round the corner and I start going down the ramp and she has a total nervous breakdown <gasps> in the back of my car and is like banging on the seat and like screaming and trying to like open the door <gasps> and uh, so I like quickly pull over and like try to assess what's going on and she's finally able to communicate to me that yet another um, near death experience was that she was in a horrible car accident on the freeway one time and she's like I'm, I will never go on a freeway ever again in my entire life yeah so i had to back i backed <gasps> up off the on-ramp onto the surface streets and like now she's like i need ice i need this i need that yeah, like yeah, to yeah. try to calm her down so i find a 7-eleven and i like get her like an entire bag of ice and like all this shit and like get her calmed down and stuff and now i have to try to figure out how to get to like right. deep southeast LA without a highway without using yeah. any freeways or yeah. highways yeah and so I like mapped it all out and like I did figure it out and we and I got her there and then I basically had to do that for the rest of the summer Ew. um oh but God. it gave me this incredible knowledge of the surface streets and the neighborhoods and the different yeah. areas oh, yeah. so bringing it back forward I know I keep backtracking no, I love it. but that's I think what made me confident to be a location manager was that I already had this pretty decent knowledge yeah. of the city and locations and how to get places and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so I worked as a location manager and then production manager production coordinator like I did a ton of different like production stuff and zooming forward and over many I was gonna Crazy say you stories. were like in Costa Rica in a tree for a while for discovery. Oh, that was just recently. That yeah. that came a little later. So the basically, I was working in production quite a bit, and I worked on some really hard shows that 
that that wore me out. And um, and then I worked for two weeks on uh, a, a certain particular animal bounty hunter. Got uh, it. <clears throat> Got uh, it. Not their first show, but the reboot show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it was in Vegas, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Oh. And I like I quit and got fired all at the same time and i was like yeah. no you can't fire me i quit it was one yeah, of those yeah, I love that. <laughs> like fuck this and i was already quitting you're fired yeah they sent no, me i quit very you professional fire you're fired <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well i was already like the fourth production manager they had like they were burning oh. through production managers like crazy um so i was set up to fail from the beginning but it it was such a it was a straw that broke not just a straw it was like a wrecking ball that broke the camel's back yeah. for my interest in production and at the time like production work especially because smartphones and all of that stuff had evolved in that short period of time that I was doing all that stuff yeah. it, the production world was really a 24/7 yes, job yes 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 like yes, i yes. would work a 14 15 hour day drive home be passed out like half in my bed and get a call at 3 a.m. and the, and they would be pissed if I didn't like pick it up and yeah. immediately like respond to stuff and I was like so there was literally no Downtown. you're never no off boundaries. the clock yeah. I was not making good money and so I kind of had this like breakdown and freak out and um, I went out to dinner with one of my mentor friends really close friend she's like family member to me Andrea Salvo shout out <laughs> and uh and and she was like you you own cameras you're always like filming your own projects and doing these own things which is the photography yeah, fourth yeah. generation side of me is that i i did headshots and headshots yeah i did still photography family picture, he does our family photos yeah <laughs> that's amazing and i had actually done film cameras before dslrs came out and so i had some of the first dslrs and then the dslr boom happened where everybody was now shooting oh, video yep, yep, yep. with dslr photography cameras and so i was like i already had the photographer side also in high school and stuff my family was never well off enough to have our own video equipment but i would like i was like a producer brain because any school project i would make them let me turn it into a video project oh. and i was i had that producer brain because i was like i'll also get danny to be in it and and nick and like these are yeah. fake names by the way yeah. but the other lackeys that wouldn't turn in their book report i would get them to be in the film project with so me so i was Critic. Yeah, and and then and so I also had to recruit the rich kid in class because they they have the best camcorder. So right. it was really this producer brain. Yeah. Oh shit, that's early. So uh, and then I did. I had a corporate job in high school, and I saved up. And the the big one, like first thing I splurged on, was buying myself my own video camera. Oh, that's awesome. So that was really fun. Um, so you moved into like creating your own stuff. Yeah, so I've always just shot like even before YouTube was just shooting like stupid videos and like yeah. I did jackass like style prank stuff at one oh point God. and then little scripted things and like coming out of that childhood of like storytelling and costume box and go and I did improv yeah, and yeah. like theater and all these things. So I'd get people involved and we'd shoot our own videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, so she was like, well, why don't we get you some camera jobs? Like, why don't you get out of production yeah, and work yeah. in camera? Yeah. And I was like, boom, like light bulb. Like I hadn't even considered that. I was like, well, fuck, somebody will pay me to, to, to do that. Right. And so I got 
my first couple like camera gigs, even just like as an assistant camera or things like that. And I was like, this is amazing. Like you're, you're on the clock at your call time and you're off the clock right. at your, at, and you're done at your wrap. Right. Nobody calls you or fucks with you. Like yeah. there's no expectations of working over the weekend or picking yeah. up your phone at 3 a.m. Um, and I'm actually like enjoying this more. So, um, yeah, so I ended up doing a lot of uh, camera jobs. And one of the things I got really good at is uh, media managing or DIT because yeah. I'm super OCD and attention to detail. And so like securing all the data as this digital revolution happened and we moved away from like yeah, tape stock. DIT is so DIT is digital information technologist or uh, technician, I think, actually. <laughs> as I'm like, oh, it's fine. you're really good at <laughs> it. Fuck up my <laughs> own title. Here we go. <laughs> um, so they on big sets are responsible for a lot of things. They're running the monitors and nowadays doing live color correction and a lot Shit. of that. Kind of, yeah, um, I've seen them running around when I've in the last few commercials I've done. I was I seen them running around and they're they're the ones that actually sound goes to them first. Yes, yeah. everything goes to yeah. them. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're video village, basically. Yeah. They, they're they they're processing all the data before it even goes to the monitors yeah. that the directors are watching and stuff like that. Um, and they're normally embedded very deeply with the director of photography and they're yeah. looking at the image together and color correcting things and, and all sorts of stuff. So I was mostly doing like adventure documentaries and things like that. So I was more on the data backup media. That's why it's more like a media manager uh, sort of position which is that because there's no long, longer like it's not on film obviously we'd moved way away from that and now it's not even on like tape or DVDs yeah. or anything like that it's, it's all just digital yeah so media management became a big thing of like securing all the data yeah and a lot of times the media that the cameras actually film on is really expensive so they don't want to just buy a ton of media cards right. for the cameras so every day we'd have to back up all of those cards, secure it into multiple different hard drives so that we have redundant copies and, yeah. and safety backups and things like that. That way they can clear the cards and use that same, same media card, the yeah. next day. But it's really dangerous to do that. Because if, if you get rid of something, yeah, if you're not exactly. paying attention. It's very easy to lose yeah. Yeah, your your footage that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've done a ton of that and uh, in all different aspects of the industry. And I worked on Taken 3 at one point, and I've worked on these crazy travel adventure yeah. documentaries. The Costa Rica project is a, that's a fantastic. I'll just give you the like, so I got a call. A lot of this industry works off of word of mouth and references. Yeah. And, you know, so I get a random phone call on like a Tuesday, let's say. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we need to put you on a plane on Friday to Costa Rica. And we can't tell you anything about the job. You're gonna be in the uh -huh. you're gonna be in the deep jungles. You're gonna have to run, you know, run base camp and media and support the camera crew off of generators and like, you know, yeah, you might yeah. be staying in tents and stuff at some point. And all we yeah. can tell you is that it's for National Geographic and it's gonna be extremely dangerous. So okay. I'm, I'm literally on my computer typing in yeah, like yeah, yeah. dangerous Costa Rica right. and the Fertiland snakes are coming up and like people fall off of the waterfalls and like there's a lot of nature. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking Nat Geo. Well, Especially because you're going to be in a tent. Possibly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, deep, yeah, deep jungles. Was the, oh my God, you just used your Spanish because you were talking about Costa Rica. That was great. And so... So I was like, oh, I can deal with nature. I grew up camping and like I'm a, I'm a nature kid. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. So yeah. I prep like really fast, jump on a plane. They get me down there. And then the first night we're still in the capital city and they and we're in a nice hotel and they take us all into this private conference room that they've booked. 
and they they introduce us to like picture like Rambo and Rocky or you know yeah, like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and and they're like jacked in their little like arm shirts and one of them has like an AKA 47 on their t-shirt oh and gosh. stuff and they're like uh, we'd like to introduce you to the hosts of the show <gasps> and we're like all of us are starting to like scratch our heads and stuff and we're like nature documentary like, yeah 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 these guys are like ex special forces yeah and shit. yeah so they're like okay no uh we we couldn't tell you this before and so no hard feelings if this is going to be full disclosure you can't tell anybody outside of this room that's why we're in a private locked conference room um if anybody after this meeting says no we'll put you back on a plane first class home and there's no no commitment required we are an undercover murder investigation <gasps> going deep into the jungles to try and solve the murder of a lost hitchhiker <laughs> And we're posing as a nature documentary crew. <laughs> and these are your hosts. And I'm like, I'm the asshole over there being like, uh, how much do you know about monkeys? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. how convincing are you guys going to be as a like, hey, I'm, I'm really into the floral and fauna. Right, right. Like, you know, what, are, what, what kind of shit do you find <laughs> in this stream? Um, that is, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's what it was. And because I think when we talked about it, you were in it. Like, or you were about to go, or you had just come back, so you couldn't even tell you me couldn't that. Say anything. We yeah. weren't supposed to say much, yeah. Yeah, you just for our own safety. Oh, for your own safety. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other episode. So, what is the show? The show is called Missing Dial. It was. It is a real show. It was actually, ironically, for National Geographic. Yeah. Um. It just doesn't feature much nature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about this new thing that we found is called Moonlight. It's amazing. We're still reading to our kids at night. And I can be honest with you, sometimes it's tedious because we're reading the same book over and over and over and over. Well, let me tell you, Moonlight is incredible. The magic of Moonlight is simple. It's the experience of reading together with a projection of on the wall because tablets, yes, are a staple for many families and digital books can be overstimulating sometimes for little kids. And honestly, they leave little room for imagination. But Moonlight bridges the gap between traditional and digital books. There are playful projections, vivid sound effects, and read-along features make this multi-sensory story time a delight. Moonlight is here to help you create imagination-filled interactive bedtimes for your whole family and make story time magical again. Use the code MOONLIGHT10 with our link to get an extra 10% off your purchase. It's very cool. Okay, so, sir, you are now moving into directing, and I want to hear how the hell... I mean, you filled your two blocks, right? So now we want to know how that happened. Yeah, you were directing, yeah. too, though. At uh, You went back to the academy where we graduated. You've been oh. working there uh, offs and ons as, like, acting for the camera and teacher. And, oh, okay. And you were actually directing some of the um, yeah. one acts and... So I've we touched upon the fact that I've always sort of like filmed my own things and had my own, got my own camera and like did my own projects and then that's kind of what led me into doing more in the camera uh, 
side of the industry. And and then more recently, the last couple of years, I actually finally joined the camera union. So I'm local 600, um, the International Cinematographers Guild. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you have to say it like that. Too. <laughs> Everything you do now has to be said like, no. Oh, uh, so, yeah. so y'all see. Mm. <laughs> I like that you tossed your hair back. That was the, good. The, the little I have left. <laughs> you did it in the right direction, though, too. Yeah. You didn't like fake it. That was good. Hey, my lens is bigger than yours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, lens envy. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah. So I've also been on the faculty of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, our alma mater, for a number of years. Um, I actually started off as a camera operator. They do these summer intensive programs, uh, just like they're a couple week long workshops. And um, a lot of that, it's not recruiting for the full college program, but a lot of the, the you know, it's a great way for younger students, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds still yeah. in high school trying to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of them come to the summer programs and then if they fall in love with the school and, and yada yada, then they'll enroll for the, the full time course. And uh, so I was a camera operator for those for a while. And then um, one day one of the teachers actually got a really amazing uh, audition opportunity. So he wasn't going to make it to class that day. And I had done this for many years. So he when he called in that he wasn't going to be able to make it, he said, I think Tyler should just teach my class. Yeah, and I was like, uh, what? OK, so that was my first time sort of substitute teaching. Yeah. And then the next summer, they actually asked me to teach my own classes. And then after a couple summers of teaching my own classes just during the summer, they asked me to teach in the full call in the college program. Yeah, and I yeah. was I my reaction was literally that's a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> I was like, do you have any idea who I am? Right. Like, oh, I don't have credentials for this. Like, yeah. I'm not a teacher. <laughs> and and she uh, the director of instruction at the time, a wonderful woman, Terry Hayes, actually had printed out my I don't even know how she had it because yeah. they, they, she somehow found my professional resume and had it printed out Ooh, hey, so and she her. like showed it yeah <laughs> right and she like showed it to me and she's like but you've worked on this and you've worked on that and like i was like you know i have to where look did at, you get that lady yeah first of all yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a weird thing i i don't necessarily consider myself like overly humble or anything like that but it is an interesting thing in this industry that because every job is short and you know yeah, fast and you're always looking I, for work yeah and like i don't consider myself extremely accomplished or i was just talking to brooke a little bit about this about how you always sort of feel like imposter syndrome yeah. which is really weird because sometimes i'll list all the things i've done and i feel like an imposter and I'm like, why? Like, I, it depends on what scenario I'm in. If I'm here with you, I know I'm so much better than you. So I just know that I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. She no, was saying if I was paying attention. I was. Right? I was actually, right? No, but I'm sitting here with you and I feel confident in what we do. I yeah. feel like we have really good skills and I understand our, how our dynamic and I love being with guests and people that are smarter than me and, and all that stuff. But when I put myself in, say, I was working with someone recently, a celebrity. Well, I hope you get some smart guests later on. So we're planning. You're, yeah. We can <laughs> really go on from future. here. <laughs> but no, I actually totally know what you're saying. And, and you know, leading into this whole being a teacher thing, like it's totally imposter syndrome. Yeah. But what I preach to my students and what I truly believe now is that it's less about that like fame success. And like, yeah. I'm like, if you can pay your rent, working as a creative or in you know even if it's not acting, in any even if it's being a PA, yeah exactly if you're paying your rent yeah. from working in entertainment you you're 
you are successful. Yeah. And if you can pay rent long enough to start squirreling away money and eventually own a home one day and like, you know, like slow progress is progress. And the That's one true. of the things I hate about the um the Hollywoodized media and this this glitz and glamour like perception that that we project to the world or that the media projects to the world is that it's like I always like joke that it's like oh yeah we found Scarlett Johansson on a dairy farm milking cows and we made her a star kid like you know right and it's like that's so bullshit and even the famous people that we know yeah had like a big break moment where now all of a sudden they're famous but if you really looked at their resume that's only like 50% of their career right like the list of credits and work that they'd put in yeah. before they even got that role that now we yeah. know them from. And that's a whole other animal and job. So if yeah. you want to work in the industry, it's because you want to be in the industry. Exactly. It has nothing to do with, so you, if you want to be famous, I don't know if this is kind of, you have to learn how to be famous because you've done all this work and now your next step is to be in the spotlight and understand how to stand and understand, like it's your next job Yeah, is to be a celebrity or to be in the limelight. And that's one of the things too, or the people back in Idaho, the family members that are like, well, can I see you any? Every fucking time, this is from the beginning. <laughs> since I've been out here, is, oh, yeah, I'm an actor in L.A. Well, what what, what would you have been in? What, what can I see you in? And I'm like, fucking nothing. Yeah. Because it's either regional or I'm tiny or who cares? Yeah. I'm, like, paying my bills. Well, yeah, and there's, exactly. there's so much work that that gets made and yeah. people get paid yeah. that never sees the light of day. Right. That's Pilots. True. But it's about being creative yeah. and being, you know, around exactly. our people. Yeah. I shot two entire seasons of a TV show, a really good TV show, and I was the director of photography, maybe would have been, you know, my biggest credits um, for, and but it was for a new network that was trying to launch in the yeah. midst of all the, you know, Netflix and stuff happening. This was years ago. And the network ended up failing flopping and in in their bankruptcy and dissolute disillusion yeah yeah as the ship went down yeah and the band did not play yeah um, it always comes back to the titanic and they absolutely could have and should have sold and liquidated assets that we had like in like entire seasons of shows that yeah. had never been seen and they could have gone to other networks and that work might be out there um because it's certainly good enough to air on other platforms especially yeah. now with all the streamers and yeah. you know and um free content and stuff like that but the it, it all is just on a shelf somewhere in somebody's office and and nobody ever pursued getting it out there yeah. so i've shot entire seasons multiple seasons of shows that were my highest camera credit at least yeah that, that you know nobody's ever even seen a commercial for because right. they never got they right. never got um they got finished they just didn't get uh the released. airtime they needed yeah, to they yeah they didn't get released so anyway so there's that um, so if you want to be in the industry you got to make sure that you're doing it for the right well, reasons so that's then, for sure. yeah and what would you say are your uh to if you're trying to get into the industry of being either camera or even working well, on production like just to get in right so everybody what, what do you say to do not to do right um, and this is great because it kind of brings me back to like her showing my, me my own resume mm -hmm. and that wanting yeah. working people in the classroom and not, you know, necessarily Just teachers. Yeah, yeah. Well, not. And that's the way I teach my film 
classes uh, is much more like a lab. We're actually filming things. And so um, I was all of a sudden getting all of this director experience without even classifying it as that because I was an instructor. But um, and then I recreated the the second year curriculum a few years into teaching college classes. I completely rewrote the second year program to make it much more advanced. And one of the things at the time many years ago was uh you know everything was reels it was impossible to even get auditions without having some sort of video first and here we are graduating students from a prestigious you know acting academy and they had no headshots no reel or anything like that well but it was really your graduation (laughs) photo so they're like you'll leave with a headshot yeah and it was just the graduation photo that's not a headshot it was it's the one that goes in so if you go to the american academy (laughs) in all the halls they have Every gra- like graduating class, yeah, from like the the set like sixties. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. ours is our graduating well, class. Well, and the like. Them. The when I because I'm a photographer and when I did headshots like I would delete the first card worth of like by the time I was doing most of my headshots I actually did a lot on film yeah and then you had to be a lot more specific when we got to digital. The first 15, 20 minutes, half an hour of a is, photo shoot, yeah. I don't even barely look at that shit yeah. because you throw it all away. Yeah. It's building the rapport, getting them comfortable, yeah. fi- setting up the light, you know, tweaking Which all you stuff. should also know as an actor, too. Like, when you first get in there, don't expect your first 20 minutes or, what, like, 15, 20 minutes to even be worth anything. Allow yourself to just be in the room and get to know your photographer and feel comfortable and learn your characters and take your direction from your photographer because they know what they're fucking doing. <laughs> so that's the other thing too. Is, yeah. As an actor, well, we're like, we have to be times, on. And well, then you're and, like, well, that doesn't go anywhere. That was terrible. Yeah. And well, photography is not a science either. It's it's an art form in and of itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but it's a collaboration too. Yeah. yeah. And but and the, and so the photographer is figuring out the person. What right. are the good angles? Because photographers might have a whole bank of like poses or looks or lighting setups that have yeah. worked really great in the past. So of course we're going to go to those things first. But you're also experimenting and seeing like right. what this particular subject ooh, that lighting is horrible for them or this right, pose right. they look super fucking weird um so every person it's it's a new experience yeah. even for the photographer no matter how dialed in that's good this being a director yeah. though too that's very good exactly. knowledge as a director you can't go to an edge show knowing exactly how it's going to go because yeah. you have to read your room and learn your actors and evolve yeah. So our the headshots at the academy were basically like a five minute photo session where you like lined up in the hallway and then it was like <gasps> in a stinky basement room yeah. with like a, a backdrop. Yeah. Like a glamour shot at best. And then they ch- and then the, you didn't even get to pick like someone else, some administrator chose it for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mine so is. You, so you created this particular. whole thing with real. So people yeah, are so, leaving with something. Yeah. So the second oh, year program, good. we uh, look at their type. What are the types of characters? Because in, in theater also most of the school is the theater training very little is dedicated to film and tv and in the theater program these students are playing the dad in all my sons you know yeah. uh, 60 17 like, yeah. you know character and stuff like that so i was like in film there's no fucking way like there you're not even gonna get an audition for that kind of shit and if you yeah. do don't go call Run, your right. agent yeah Run. because they right. will laugh you out of the fucking room if right. you show up to audition for something that's out of right. your age range so we talk about age range we talk about type we talk about what kind of characters can you go out and audition for and nail right now not your dream role 10 years from now not what you're going to win your oscar for 20 years from now what can you go not your chameleon yeah you have to be typecast first can you sell mcdonald's or toothpaste can you play the geek or the jock like you know that 
kind of thing. So without making it like overly, you know, stereotypical, it's really like. It has to be that. Yeah, well, and also confidence. I always say be confident, but not cocky. This industry loves confidence, but not cocky. Yeah. Um, because we also have to work with you for 12 hour days, endless yeah. days a week and stuff like that. So cocky doesn't fly because you're gonna be a diva. We don't wanna work with you, but we n- need to know that you're confident and that you're not gonna be one of these people that's like constantly like, am I doing okay? Give me more notes. Like, what do I need yeah. to do? Mm-hmm. Ah, who's my character? Ugh. What's my motivation? No, yeah. like good actors Do the work are on your already, own. Get yeah, a coach, bring a coach to set. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So do that. And good. that's really um, good. <laughs> everyone starts as a PA. So if you want to work behind the scenes in yeah. film and TV, like find a PA job. It's production assistant. That's what PA stands for. What do production assistant? I mean, I know, but tell everybody <laughs> what it is. Every fucking every thing. thing. So, so there's office PAs and their mm. set PAs and office PAs are basically More like, like line production below right? the secretary. Yeah. yeah, you might be answering phone calls, making coffee, you get the donuts, you make doing sure everybody, runs. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of if you have a decent car, like you're going to be driving around and picking mm-hmm. shit up, dropping stuff off, blah 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 blah. Set PA is a lot more physical. On in you know, you're like whatever we need you for. Yeah, it's still getting coffees, doing yeah. runs, still doing runs, doing yeah. lockups. But it's more, it's like, definitely more physical. It isn't move this yes. trash. Yeah, yeah. less. <laughs> Secretarial and more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You might be cleaning And a lot up. of initiative. Yeah. If you're a PA, you have to know how to take initiative. Don't like run people over and make your own decisions, but you have to know how to take initiative and understand problem in solved. that moment, problem yeah. solving what people need before they need it kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the industry has gotten a lot cleaner and, and has evolved somewhat, but it is still a rough fucking industry. Yeah. And, and you know, PAs don't get to say no. We were talking right. about like, you know. Yes, and. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, and so my, my ridiculous PA story, which is a hundred percent true, is that the, the feature film I was working on with the crazy actor and the director and uh, working from 4am till 3am every day for an entire summer. Uh, one day we're on set in downtown LA and, uh, the, the main actor, um, had been up drinking and he was also the writer, which is a horrible mistake. And yeah, so many red flags. Um, but he was like, you know, and he had some intense scenes that day. Like, I think it was even maybe his love scene day or something like that. And he had these horrible, like puffy, the bags and stuff like that. That's why you need an intimacy director on set. Yeah. You need someone to be there and be like, let me make everybody feel comfortable. So at the time, I think. Now there's actually legitimate products for this. There's so many products. Oh, the for, puppies? Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, it was a big insider trick to use Preparation H. Yeah, the butt cream. Be- yeah, yeah, exactly. Hemorrhoids. So, um, but it does shrink your eyes. We used to do that all the time. It burns a little bit if you get it too close. But yeah, yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, you have to be careful. Well, this actor had never done that before, but oh. somebody told him, like, that's what you need. Yeah. Maybe the makeup person, whatever. So he- uh, <laughs> They're like, here, use mine. <laughs> that's no joke. Yeah. So there was, I, you cannot make this shit up. It's 100% true. They come to me and they're like, Tyler, we need you to do an emergency run um, and you need to go find the closest supermarket and we don't know we, he doesn't know what kind of preparation H so just like if there's different types you know buy one of every different type of preparation H and we have a scene coming up where the uh, the actor needs to open and take a bite of a banana so we need as many fucking bananas so they're oh, yeah, just like you don't know how it's gonna go yeah so they're like fill the fucking car buy every banana in the store and one tube of each 
yeah. of type of preparation age. And I like, I thought this was like them pranking me. I thought this was like, a, you yeah, know, yeah, like, and I was like, haha, th- yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's yeah. that's hilarious, guys. Yeah. Like, good one. And they were like, no, we're fucking serious. Go right now. And like, we need this ASAP. Yeah. And we're in downtown LA. There's no fucking supermarkets, no. especially back then. And I'm like, so I literally had to go and find some. To John's. Yeah, to John's. <laughs> It, and, or Broadway bar, you and know, you're like, who here? And I and I bought like a, like hundred bananas, you know, the whole fucking shopping cart full of bananas and six tubes of Preparation H because yes. there was like gel and fast acting. Yeah, like, well, it's like Kleenex. Yeah. there's like all of them. Yeah. But I mean, like I roll up and the lady at the the checking counter, she's like, she you know, she's like, bleep bleep bleep. bleep. Yeah, and like five hundred. And then bananas. looks in the bananas and she's like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, she said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, we're filming a movie. No, 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 not that kind of movie. Not that kind of movie. Like, I you mean, know. that's the valley. That's the valley. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's like when I worked, uh, what was producing a, a theatrical, you know, when we did um, Motel 66. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were doing a series of one act plays and we had our little, you know, the packs and we had to go get non lubricate. Oh yeah. Condoms, oh, yeah. condoms so you can to have put your pack. over the pack so it wouldn't get and, sweaty. And I went you know how many freaking pharmacies I went to asking Nobody sells non lubricated first of all because they fucking hurt. Yeah. Well I know but you, the looks yeah, I was like, it's for it's for it's for a show. We're yeah, a show. I need it. For but you bought so preparation age and bananas because a lot of people masturbate with bananas. Uh, well, so I, there's I mean, something a lot going. Of people, there's a lot of people. I know three. <laughs> wow, that's more than I. Would I mean, listen. Well, that's for the next episode. <laughs> we that's have more a lot of people than I know. <laughs> um, but really quickly, if if we have a second, yeah. The um, we so don't. PA. <laughs> sorry. I just like snotted on myself. Everybody starts at PA, and then you can move up to different departments from there because yeah. like. You know, you can you can tell your bosses or, or people like, hey, I, I really love like camera stuff. So if the camera department ever needs like something specific, yeah, please think of me. And first. it's also OK to ask on set, too, because yeah, you're, that's what if I'm you're saying. part ask, of the team. Yeah. yeah. So then if camera goes, hey, I need to run to the camera to take this lens back or fix a broken piece of equipment, they'll go, oh, Tyler asked about camera, send Tyler. And then you and yeah. then when you get back, like check in with your boss, but go, hey, can I take this directly to camera team? So then now you get to take it to them and, and be like, they hey, I'm Tyler. Face. Yeah, here's your lens. And then they're like, oh, cool. Thanks, Tyler. And you're like, hey, I really love cameras. So if you guys ever need anything, like, you know, find me. I'm the blonde guy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. find blonde, blonde kid. Um, and so now you're building a rapport. Then on their next show, they might go, oh, hey, that Tyler guy was a rock star. Like, we need a, you yeah. know, low level utility yeah. or something like that. Give that guy a call. See, this um, is amazing. This is amazing. So that's right? how you then yeah. start to work your way up that ladder. Yeah. The only other one piece of advice I would give you is be a sound person. That's Ooh. my sneaky insider, 40-year-old, wishing I could go back and tell my really? graduating college. Yes. So in the film and TV industry, uh, basically every rich kid that goes to film school already has a Porsche or BMW but, you know, when they're in school at USC. So when they graduate from USC or AFI or any of these schools, their present from their rich fucking families is a red camera <laughs> or an Ari Alexa or yeah. a fancy uh. camera. So now they have a BMW and a fancy camera. But nobody knows how to fucking audio. And they have no life expenses. And uh. everybody that goes to film school either wants to be a director or a cinematographer, mm-hmm. director of photography, right? So there's massive competition 
competition and there's a lot of young dudes out there that don't need a lot of money because their house is already paid for and they're like and they have a camera so they're like oh yeah i'll shoot your short film and yeah we can use my red camera and you barely have to pay me because i don't know so the competition for camera people especially in the entry level stuff is fucking fierce and um directors like it's really hard to break into directing and a lot of these other fields but audio people there's never enough um audio mm. people good it's, audio people yeah too. also like projects are very specific camera specific so you'll like see a job posting even and it's like we're looking for a cinematographer for a red project or for right, an right. Art or sony yeah. you know that we're going to use sony venice or do you have a sony venice camera blah 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 so like it's so weird that that people get so fixated on like they they figure out what camera they're going to use before what fucking show they're going to shoot and so that and then everything yeah. becomes about like what camera ecosystem they're going to use audio equipment is not that way you can buy audio equipment and nobody ever is like hey this is a sure program like we are right, going right, to use right, sure right. products like we are <laughs> which we do Hi, which sure. we do um Hi, sure. but Sponsor yeah us. so you can actually start owning some of your own equipment non, none of it's cheap but you can start slowly building your kit your audio kit yeah yeah and then you you can rent you get hired for your rate as a as a as the audio person but you can also rent your equipment back to the company as well so all of the chillest dudes that i know that own their their house outright and drive the nicest car and never seem like they're stressed or have like you know too much on their their plate are the audio guys so nice. if you want to just like do well in the industry that's awesome pursue audio you got to get boom arms yeah if you want to be good in the industry, you got to get boom arms. That's well, right, now, baby. That's nowadays, right. <laughs> nowadays, there's all these tricks for that, too. There's, like, vests you can wear and, like, a, like you really? know. Really? Yeah. yeah like yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I just Audio rigs. <laughs> My arm. And yeah. wireless. And, and it, like, falls into the, into the Always. Frame. Not me. Yeah. So be, be confident, not cocky. Everyone starts at PA. Doesn't matter even if you're a rich kid. Like, and also be nice to everyone because yes. like you have no idea. Like, I've been on projects that like somebody is a PA and they're super cool and they're like, "Hey, can I get you a coffee or here's a water bottle or whatever like that?" And then two weeks later, like they're the director on something and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm so and so's nephew and I was just doing the PA gig right. to get some experience because I already knew I was going to be directing this other project." You know, so you never know who anybody yeah. is and who they're going to become and um. And then the and be nice to everybody everywhere. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, I'm like trying to pack all my. No, that's in. good though. That's good. We actually. So yeah. the one other thing, as my now my teacher side is kicking in. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know, we all have the people we love, like Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, which that that feels even very dated now, although he's still working. Yeah. James Cameron and all these types of people, and um, and so a, a lot of. Uh, my students and stuff make the mistake. I ask them like, hey, who do you want to work with? If, if you could like, you know, what directors do you want to act on their sets and stuff like that? And the, the truth is, the chances of direct, you know, acting on any of their these people that we admire sets is so tiny. They all have their little click. They recycle right. the same actors into every right. single Unless project. Unless your name is Aria or Katz. <laughs> well, who was a, was a friend of ours and was on yes, our show and he was on... Um, yeah, Plenty but it's stories. true. Yeah, like, you yeah. work with who they you know, work side yeah. by side, with and you can Leonardo. get little parts. It's not they pull like from yeah. the Rolodex, though. We all do. Yeah, we, just, we do. Look at no, yeah. I know. So the real trick, huge. The real trick is is not 
not to work with the famous people now. It's to work for the, the famous yeah. people for tomorrow. Exactly. And we don't, we don't know who that's going to be. That's yet. what I tell my kids. That's, so do the film yeah. student shit. That's exactly, that's exactly that's right. what I say. So. Audition for the film student shit and make sure you get their, your reel from them, but also build that community because or they even, will keep yeah. making stuff and they keep bringing in the same yeah. people over and over. And or a lot, if you're a lot the, of if, times the footage is shit. Oh, so 100%. You, if it's crap, don't feel like it has to be on your reel. Only put stuff that you that's like great. on that's your reel. But it's more about the connection. The connection. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So even if you have the ability to go and if it's we just need someone to run sound or do whatever or even be on book like continuity or whatever it is, like yeah. just go and do it, even if it's it's a big free, it's a big if you're just yeah. starting out because yeah. it's it's more about yeah. who you meet or if it ends up being good, you can use it for your real and it's whatever. a very much you scratch my back, I scratch your back yeah. industry. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that you'll find on, by the way, if you're an actor, go on uh actors access and LA casting if you want to find stuff to uh be in uh the um when you're finishing college you have your project when you're a filmmaker it's called your, like your thesis project your or? thesis mm-hmm. project there'll be a ton of thesis stuff up there and it's like most of them don't pay some of them promise a reel and you never get it some of them are like 100 bucks a day but if you're on those thesis projects with those filmmakers you're meeting the sound guys you're meeting the directors you're meeting the that's what networking yeah that's, that's what all networking. of what your networking is out here yeah everybody thinks networking is being at going a bar to the bar and Fuck meeting, that meeting noise. quentin tarantino and no. that, that's not networking. And blowing him in the back. Yeah. It doesn't work. I'm telling you guys, she, yeah, it doesn't work. You right now. <laughs> <laughs> networking, networking is rubbing elbows with people at your same level because as they advance, that's they right. will take you with that's them. That's right. So don't spend your time grasping at straws that are above your your level. I mean, of course, if you get the chance to work with people, don't blow it. Like that's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. But, but also the, don't yeah. think that that's that's not, not the only way to get in. That's actually rarely the way to get exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. It's mostly the building relationships that grow and evolve over time. And yeah. as they get bigger, you get bigger. So support people, be a part of a team. It's a very it's a weird industry because it's very isolating and because it's job to job. Like I always say, on that's every right. project I've ever worked on, there's amazing people that like immediately like feel like family, and yeah. you're like, I want to work with you on every project for the rest of my life and there's complete fucking assholes that you're like I would quit this project just to not have to work with them. But there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So you know you're not going to have to work with that person for the next 20 years. Get through the the job. It's a fucking crapshoot when you get get on a project. I mean, it is. That's true. And the next project, you might get to have a friend or two friends on the next project, but it might not be from the the same project that you just wrapped. It might be from years ago. You know, so you do see friendly faces and you do end up working with some of the same people sometimes, but it's not normally like constantly working right. with the same people always. So that makes you feel very much like alone, like a solo sport player, like a tennis player. And or you are like that. really for you a long are, time. You are. You are. But you also have to be a team player. Like you've got to yeah. quickly make your teams on that project. Yeah, because oh, I see because saying, yeah. you are a solo sport player. But filmmaking is a team is sport. a team project. Yeah. So you, you have to be confident and st- and and stand alone as your own athlete but quickly join into a team and be yeah. a part of a team um and because just to a vibe yeah. right like a, or find that vibe you're a, a solo athlete in a team sport <laughs> that's true that's i mean that's, that's michael really jordan we're all michael jordan we're all a solo athlete 
where we go home, we can't be in the public. We have to. I just watched the documentary on it, so it's on my mind. <laughs> Kobe. Kobe. So, oh, Tyler, tell us where we can find you on social. You're not much on the social, but just in case. I am. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Oh, look at oh, you, ninety-year-old mom! Facebook. Thank you, Grandma. Oh wait, did I say Facebook? I meant MySpace. Oh, yes. there we go. No, it's. <laughs> I am he does on vines on the regular <laughs> under my own name. I have a. I had a YouTube channel at one point. It's probably still somewhere in the in the atmosphere, wherever. It out never there. goes away. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there may be so some. And at Tyler YouTube. Townsend, wherever you can look up an at Tyler Townsend, which yeah. is not many places. Now, if people want to book you and hire you, where do we find you? You can uh, email me at tyleratownsend at gmail.com or find me on Facebook and send me a personal message. Oh, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Um, and what's your address? Yeah. <laughs> Social security. Five five five. Five five five. Your five, mama, five, your five, mama's five, house. One eight hundred five five five. Hey, that was great. Hey, did you have something to tell us? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Moms are too. Got something to tell you right now today. Oh. I have something to tell you, which is that I'm going to buy a camper van and I'm going to live in a van down by the river. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. No, oh and my I'm God. Gonna be, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. No, not really. Uh, well, I am. Well, you are a motivational the van, speaker. The van, I'm buying a van and I'm going to live in a van probably mostly by rivers. Where? Uh, all over the the, the West and, and the wait, United wait, States. Wait, hold on a minute. Holy what? shit, this is I amazing. I know these things. What is happening? So this is sort of my next step in life, which is the... the You're the, going through a transition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, but this is me. Uh, so bringing everything full circle and having worked in all these different industries and, and you know, b- becoming a real director by teaching and directing yeah. so much at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, both film and theater projects. And I'm a writer and a storyteller and creative. Um, so I have this huge slate of my own ideas, but one in particular is a coming of age road trip movie um, about about two people who were former strangers but meet and and the 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 main character is eighteen year old who's going through a major life trauma and um, and and decides to steal his uncle's RV and go from a small town middle of nowhere um, to the coast, to the ocean, because he realizes he's never seen anything. He's never seen the snow or mountains even. He lives in the flatlands. He's never seen the ocean. He's never been more than like 100 miles away from his hometown. So he steals an RV and he goes on this epic adventure. He very quickly picks up a travel mate. And um, and so they go to the Grand Canyon and to the and the Rockies and like all these places on their epic adventure to get to the ocean. Um, so that's me. So that's I'm getting a van and I'm going to do the road trip as I'm finishing the screenplay. I already have 40 pages uh, of it, the first act, basically. And then now they're on this on this crazy road trip. So adventure. you're discovering these guys along the way as you're taking the road trip yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. And so it's basically like I have the whole thing outlined and I know all the scenes that I want to take place. But it was yeah. like now I got to them being actually on the road and I was like, oh, OK, but where does that scene take place? Where does the tire right. pop? Mm. How do they get you know, where do they go first? Like where? And yeah. So then it becomes an actual like I want it to be like honest. Yeah. And I don't want it to be like they're at the Grand Canyon. Then they're in Seattle. Then they're right. in New right, Mexico. Right, right. Like I it I want it to be the whole point of this movie is that it's very authentic and, and real yeah. to these people. So I want it to be accurate, historically accurate. And I want it to also be inspired because I've camped and I've done a lot of those types of things, but I've never like 
stayed on the side of the road in, yeah. in the middle of some, you know, nowhere. Like just pulled over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why me and my my dog Blue are going to oh, get yay. in the van and we're going to go finish this screenplay. And then I'm hoping that it's like my little Miss Sunshine or Juno. I've already yeah. started to build my team um, of of people. And uh, you get, have a little, you're going to wear a little coat. What? You know, oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, a little coat oh my god, you're still in the van down by the river. <laughs> oh, totally. 100%. And I'm going to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I live in a van down when, by the river. Are you? Um, you're going on your own. How long are you planning on being away? You're just going to kind of follow the string. Am I ever going to see it, you again? It might be forever. Oh well, no, I'll definitely come back. And yeah. I mean, the intention is to like find the are story. Are you selling your house? Mm, well, that'll be, we don't need to talk about that's that. That's the next episode. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Next episode. The uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is an evolving plan, but the <laughs> the the plan is finish the 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 feature and then make the feature. And yes. I may or may not um try to do like a travel journal sort of podcasty yeah, type of thing. Yeah, do that of, of the adventure itself. Get a sure mic. Yeah. And at the end, because I know all the departments, I'm also going to be, I already have several. Okay, good. Um, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, I'll be scouting locations and yeah. making uh, contacts with people. So, yeah. you know, trying to so talk to So when you go to shoot, get, you're already exactly, got a nice little a step, log. One of, step ahead. Oh, that's so good. And you got a lot of this experience from being a location manager. Yes. So you understand writing script comes from this place. And production. Of build and your fucking toolboxes, guys. Build your toolbox. It's, it's never that you haven't made it. It is just your evolution. So keep evolving. Tyler, thanks for being here. Buddy. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. You'll Yay. be on again. Don't worry. And then like Don't four worry. minutes, we just had to pee. And then we're going to do that. <laughs> I'm peeing We're right so now. professional. Wow. You made it through the whole episode. We really appreciate that. And you know what else we would really appreciate? If you went to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and rate and review Moms Art 2. It really helps us so much and lets other future listeners get an idea of what they're getting themselves into. That's right. <laughs> Moms Art 2 is produced by Rob Adler with Brooklyn Frequency. Music by Kai Sample. What?